Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Got it. Oh, McKinley Wright. Welcome into the DNVR Buffs podcast presented by Manscaped. I'm Henry Chisholm, and uh, today we are basically recapping the whole year in Buff sports. Um, at least, like, that's the big plan for today. Uh, there's some other stuff that we're going to do. You know, there's there's other news that I want to touch on. Um, there's some comments I got to get back to from previous podcasts. And, uh, yeah, today, since it's Friday... Uh, we're basically just going to fill any gaps in our knowledge because of things that we might have missed with whatever uh, going on. Um, and the reason for that is that Rick George sent out an email today uh, that was essentially a review of the entire 2019-2020 school year for uh, the athletics department. Uh, so that will be up in the second segment first. We got to run through some other news and that sort of thing. Um, but before we do that, uh, I want to tell you guys about Manscaped. Manscaped is incredible. Uh, I am getting ready to go up to Montana. And like I've said, all of these Manscaped products are coming with me because that's the stuff that you can't just find at a grocery store. You know, you have to bring this stuff with you because it's it's very unique in the way that it works. Um, the lawnmower 3.0 is incredible. It can cut through anything. Uh, the uh, crop preserver, the crop reviver, all that stuff. Cannot recommend any of their products enough. And if you guys go to manscaped.com and use the code DMVR20, you can save yourself 20% and get free shipping. There's no reason not to do it. Okay. Um... Let's see, we haven't talked on this podcast about the, the cuts to Stanford sports, um, and, and this is a big deal because Stanford has about as much money as any school in the country, and uh, for them to be making these changes, you know, it, it's it's not a good sign for the rest of college sports. So Stanford cut 11 uh, varsity sports and that that's a lot and there's no way to spin this and make it sound like it's not a lot but Stanford had I think they still probably have um, the most d- depth to their athletics department in terms of the sports that they uh, hold um, here are those 11 sports so women's fencing men's fencing field hockey lightweight rowing, men's rowing, co-ed and women's sailing, 
squash, synchronized swimming, men's volleyball, and wrestling. So these are all Olympic sports, and you know that's that's the weird thing, like the the way college sports I and mean, college sports in general are just weird, like the the fact that schools are holding these athletic competitions, you know, because. because they don't have all of them you know with all these sports if they had just normal minor leagues like like baseball does and I know there's college baseball in places that aren't Colorado but for the most part the minor league system is what does all the work you know you could do the same thing with minor league football and minor league basketball and minor league whatever else like field hockey and women's fencing and uh, men's rowing and all, all of those sports that you see some athletics departments have and others don't. Um, I don't know. It, it still always is weird for me because now there's a situation where because Stanford is one of the few schools that held some of these sports, I mean, lightweight rowing, you know, men's rowing. So lightweight being, uh, as Justin and I found out on the college podcast, uh, basically men's rowing with a weight limit. So, There aren't a lot of schools that have all those sports, and for the most part, athletes in those sports are using the college path to get to the the professional circuit, or the Olympics is really what garners the most attention, obviously. So for one of these few schools that really does invest in these sports to say, nope, we can't do it anymore, that's a huge, huge knock to the future of the U.S. Olympic teams in these sports. And and it'd be interesting to hear what people who are affiliated with the U.S. Olympic Committee have to say about this sort of cuts. I mean, how concerning is it? Because, again, when you're running everything through a college, it's just us. There are just so many strange relationships that are important to keeping everything running smoothly. Whereas if there was just a pro circuit, a semi-pro rowing circuit, and obviously these kids don't get an education and they probably prefer to just go to college anyway, but at the very least there's another option for them. Um, So it's, it's a tough time. It's a tough time. And Stanford, like I said, with that big budget, they are able to pay out the contracts. And I, I think they're going to keep giving them the scholarship money. And n- nobody is going to just be immediately hurt. Um, put in a situation that is terrible instead of just bad. Um, it's tough to see, though. And again, because Stanford has all that money, it's a bad sign for the rest of college sports. You know, it it wouldn't be surprising if Colorado winds up needing to cut sports themselves. And I hate saying that, and we're going to knock on wood whenever we have to say it, but I don't want to be blindsided, you know? I but that is the reality of the situation that, you know, if everything goes normal from here, if, if there is a downward trend in cases and, you know, there's no non-conference games, but the conference games go as planned and they're allowed or they're able to allow season ticket holders into the stadium and all that kind of stuff, then 
yeah, you know what? It, things might be all right. You know, they they might be able to save a bunch of jobs and save all the programs and do all that kind of stuff. Um, and, and I think that there's a good chance that if, 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 if it's all good breaks in terms of what we can do with sports from here, then good things will happen for Colorado. Um, but it's just a stressful time for everybody. And, uh, this just makes it more so. Um, so yeah, Stanford cuts, uh, from 36 athletic programs to 25, and uh, that's that's tough to see. 240 student athletes were a part of those programs. Uh, they had 22 coaches, um, 4,000 alumni donating to those contributions. They'd won 20 national championships in those sports. They'd won 27 Olympic medals um, in those sports. So yeah, that's a. Uh, that's really tough. Um, also, they projected the deficit to exceed $12 million in the fiscal year, and that number is growing steadily as, as this uh, pandemic continues. Um, I, I honestly don't know how Colorado's number, but I'm sure they have found that number, whatever it is. And, and it's kind of this like, if all goes well from here, here's the budget and here's what we're dealing with. Um, but again, I don't know if because there are more sports and more money, any of that. So that $12 million don't try to put it in Colorado terms because I don't even know what the factors would be. Um, but you know, we're talking to Rick George next week and I'm sure we're going to dig into some of this. Um, before the cuts, here's another interesting piece. Um, before the cuts, Stanford had estimated that their best case scenario was a $25 million deficit in the fiscal year and a cumulative shortfall of $70 million over the next three years. So cutting those sports changed that $25 million deficit in one year uh, to 12, saved $13 million this year. Uh, so those are some numbers just so that you can kind of have some sort of perspective because at some point we're going to hear some numbers about Colorado um, and that could come this week. And I'm not saying, I'm not trying to like hint that there are cuts coming. Uh, don't read that that way, but we're, we're, we'll, we'll see, you know, Colorado has only cut, uh, I believe four staff members so far, which is a low number compared to a lot of these schools. Um, Maybe it's because they're handling things really well, and that's what we're all holding out hope for, but you never know. Um, cool, moving on. Um, the Big Ten commissioner says they may not have sports in the fall. Um, that's a direct quote. We may not have sports in the fall. Um, not a good sign, but important to keep in mind because this is kind of the beginning of people with that sort of power saying that is very much on the table and, and we've seen it now i think it's been about three weeks that things have been getting rough um you know uh, larry scott has come out and said about the same thing things were really good a few weeks ago and in these last almost three weeks or so it's all taken a turn for the worst um that includes the big 10 canceling all non-conference 
competitions. That means that's not just for football, by the way. You know, we, we always put things in football terms here, but that's all fall sports. Uh, the Big Ten changed to conference only. Uh, the ACC did the same thing. And uh, I, I think I mentioned this yesterday, but I expect the Pac-12 to have to, to say to say something pretty soon you know i'm recording this friday morning it, it could even be this afternoon and uh i'd highly recommend you uh stay tuned to your twitter to see what's going on there um, and also i guess leadymvr.com that's something that i will of course have something written up on um so those those both came yesterday by the way big 10 acc said yesterday that uh no non-conference games um in actually no let's let's one more bad news uh so this one is slightly political not super political and i'll just try to tone out the political pieces because nobody wants that right now and uh here's here's what's going on so the government the u.s government has essentially said that uh international students won't be allowed to come to the United States. Their their visas won't let them into the country if they are only taking online classes um, or, or, you know, if their university says we're only offering online classes. So as of now, that only affects students at a few schools that have announced... Um, that they will be going online only. But again, with this trend that we're seeing the last few weeks, the idea that Colorado could go online only is not as crazy or as unlikely as it seemed just a few weeks ago. So if things continue to get worse as, I mean, I'm not saying they will, but I'm not saying they won't. It's just so hard to know what to expect with any of this. Um, and because college campuses are one of the toughest places, you know, you have tens of thousands of kids along with some employees, a lot of them older employees, you're sitting them in rooms with 30 people and they're living together and they're just constantly doing dumb things together, just constantly. And that can't be helping. Uh, so, so, if Colorado were to go online only, they'd be, you know, their punter and kicker on the football team, uh, both internationals, uh, both would not be allowed uh, into the United States and couldn't play on the sport. So, so these rules have been confirmed. They were they were brought up first by the president, I want to say like a month or so ago, a couple months ago, and earlier this week they went through the whole process and got those rules confirmed. Um, that doesn't, that doesn't mean they can't be changed or amended. Uh, there is the possibility that there's an exception for student athletes if athletic directors push hard enough for it. But, uh, yeah, international students at online schools currently not allowed, um, to come back to the country, you know, uh, basketball wise football it's easy to, again on this podcast especially this time of year when we mostly talk about football because we're excited to talk about football and uh you know i haven't been teasing what my plan is for the fall um but 
I'm excited to talk more about the other sports, and I'll just leave it at that. Um, but, you know, I, I've seen, like, uh, Arizona's basketball team, for example, has six international student-athletes. Um, again, Arizona, hotspot. What if they go online only, and all of a sudden they're missing six? That's like a third of their roster, and uh, that puts them at a pretty serious disadvantage. Um the the buff ski team for example that is that has a very heavy international presence i want to say there are four or five countries represented on that team um this this is all kind of up in the air and again it's just so complicated and i'm sure that if the time comes schools will have to get creative in terms of like how they can work to get their student athletes over but it the NCA policies just make it really tough to cut corners because they are watching and they really don't like it when you cut corners. Um, so yeah, you know, that's, that's one more piece of news that's been coming out that it's at least worth bringing up on this podcast. Uh, so that if the time comes when we have to have a real discussion about this, we have at least a little bit of background. Um, and this is in the back of everybody's minds. Okay. One more piece of news and guess what? We have good news on the DNVR Buffs podcast. Ah, how, how nice is that? How nice is that? Um, and the news is the man we all love, LaVisca Chenault Jr., signed his contract yesterday. It's a four-year contract worth $7,696,000. It includes a $3,157,141 signing bonus. So $7.7 million overall, $3.16 million. And again, like it's usually with these contracts, you're like, it's $3.1 million. I don't think I want to shortchange Visca that $60,000. You know, it's, it's $60,000. How crazy is that? That's just such big money. Uh, for a guy like Visca, it it just makes you so happy for him. Um, so happy for him. What a cool thing, you know. I'm excited to uh, follow Visca. We're gonna talk about him a lot because as as pessimistic as I am about college football, I do think NFL football is going to go on. Maybe with no fans, um, probably few fans at the very least. Uh, but I do think there will be NFL football. And if this has to turn into a Visca podcast, that's not what any of us want, but why not, you know, we could have some fun with it. Again, one more time, so happy for Visca, and he deserves every dollar that he was given. Um, and I think that he's going to have more big contracts in his future. Uh, we're we're, we're going to talk more about Visca at some point next week, I think. I think... It's about time to uh, dig in there and talk about what his role is in that offense. Just because he's so, he's going to be so much fun to watch. And I, he should transition to the NFL very easily. Um, and we'll talk about that next week. But um, that is going to do it for the news portion of the podcast. Um, basically, just hitting everything we missed this week. And. In the next segment, we're going to be talking about everything we missed during this whole 2019-2020 athletics department year. 
but first I want to tell you about our friends at Breckenridge Brewery. Um, I'm really excited to go up to Montana, and I know you know that because I know I've said it a bunch of times, but the reason I'm excited, well, there's a bunch of reasons, obviously, but uh, one of the reasons is that I'm going to get a big old case of Strawberry Sky, actually like probably a few cases of Strawberry Sky, and bring them up there with me because I just want to sit on a boat. You know, Sunday we're golfing, like basically Saturday we're golfing in the morning, watching the fights in the afternoon. Sunday we're golfing in the morning and then going boating in the afternoon. Monday we're uh, golfing again. And all of those activities, all five of those activities, whether it's the morning golf, whether it's the UFC fights, whether it's the being on a boat, all of them are just so much better with Strawberry Sky. And I know that like it, a lot of people like just think like, oh, it's better with beer. But Strawberry Sky in particular during summer activities just brings out the best. I'm not sure if I'm not sure actually if it's the Strawberry Sky, Sky bringing out the best in the activity or if it's the activity bringing out the best in the Strawberry Sky. But whatever it is, it's just the perfect match. And uh, it's going to be a nice little break because this is a busy week. And guess what? Next week is going to be a busy week too with Rick George talking uh, with a couple of the Buffs players talking per usual, and maybe even a coach or two. I think I think we're get we're, we're almost due for uh, that. Uh, but Breckenridge Brewery is going to get me through this weekend. I'm so excited, and uh, I know I can pick those up in Missoula and take them up north because of the Breckenridge beer locator on the Breckenridge Brewery website. All you got to do to go in there, type in your zip code, click on what beer you want or what beers you want. And it'll tell you where you can get those. It's super simple. I don't know why every company doesn't come up with something like this because it just makes it so easy. You know, how crazy is it that I knew I wanted to be up there drinking Strawberry Sky and I don't just have to like check grocery stores, check liquor stores to see if they have it. I can say, oh, there aren't any clothes. So I know I I have to go here, grab some, bring it. It's just... It's, it's incredible. Just that such a great use of technology. Um, you guys should check it out too. Uh, Davidson's Beer, Wine, Spirits down south of Denver is a great option. DMVR bar, great option. But most King Supers, most liquor stores, um, I mean, pretty much all liquor stores around here. And uh, mm, gas stations. There we go. Uh, so, so check out those beers or keep drinking them if you've been drinking them. Uh, and tag us in tweets. Take some pictures. The Strawberry Sky can looks incredible when you're, like, on the water. Uh, also, I mentioned the fights earlier. If you guys really want to enjoy those fights at Fight Island, three title fights tomorrow, then download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use the code DMVR when you sign up and uh, make some bets because they have some pretty cool odds boosts. Uh, the, the one that we're talking the most about is is the $20 bet to win $100 on either of the main card fighters, including the one that's a minus 200 favorite. That means you bet $200 to win $100. If you bet $10, you win $50 or $5, sorry. Um, But instead of that, if you bet $10, you actually win $50. That's uh, 10 times the amount of money on that return. And again, you can use it $20 to win $100. It's a great deal. Do that. And uh, use the code DNVR when you sign up because uh, DraftKings is the official betting partner 
of DNVR. And uh, we appreciate it when you support them. Fight Island is finally here. So take advantage. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app and use the code DNVR when you sign up. For a limited time, new users can get a no-brainer odds boost on the headline fight this Saturday. Bet $20 and win $100. Yep, that's right. No matter if you pick Usman or Masvidal, your odds will be boosted to $20 to win $100. So head to DraftKings Sportsbook now and sign up with the code DMVR. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Called 1-800-522-4700. Okay, so... Again, I figured Friday, good day to just get a recap out. And uh, the reason, essentially, is because Rick George at actually 1 a.m. last night sent out the Colorado Athletic Department update. Um, I don't think this was emailed specifically to me, but it did have my name in it, so I like that. Dear Henry, the 2019-2020 academic and athletic year is behind us. What started with promise ended in a way no one could have imagined when all athletic competition ceased on March 11th with the COVID-19 pandemic prematurely ending all athletic competition. It is arguably the most challenging time in all of our lives, nothing our nation has seen in over 100 years. In looking to the future, however, I have a great staff that is discussing, researching, and planning for all possible scenarios as we head into an uncertain 2020-21. I will not be reading you this whole email, be picking out key points, Um, maybe adding anything if I have things to add, but I did think that introduction, especially because my name was in it, was worth reading. Okay. Um, So let's start with this. Um, Their overall head-to-head record against Division I competition. So this is every sport, every time there was a contest, one team against another team, one person, I guess, against another person, maybe, uh, their winning percentage, do you want to guess? Think about it. What would be a good winning percentage? The buffs were 68.6%. 443, 202, and 2. Two two ties. Only two ties out of, what is that? 645 competitions. 647, actually, because you have to count those two ties. That's pretty crazy. Um, but what's more crazy is that they won 443 games and lost 202. That's really impressive um, and just kind of sums up how great things are. Uh, key points here. Yeah, actually, these are important. So let's just hit these fast, knock them out. Um, so cross-country team won its seventh Pac-12 conference title in nine years. Uh, they uh, finished third in the country. Joe Klecker uh, was the uh, runner-up at the NCAA Championships. He won the Pac-12 title. Um, In soccer, the Buffs made it, as we all know, um, to the second round of the NCAA tournament. Uh, Lost to North Carolina, consistently one of the top teams in the entire country, um, 1-0. It was a second-half goal. They were right in it. Jalen Tompkins was incredible. We'll talk about her more in a second. Um, Basketball. Had a 21-6 and six start. Pretty incredible. Um, but the uh, season was called off, as we remember. Um, Tyler Bay and McKinley Wright opted to forego their senior seasons for the NBA draft. But McKinley Wright has not ruled out a potential return to the team. 
Um, so, so there's where we stand there. Uh, there are a couple updates like that where you're just like, okay, that's that's what we thought, that's what we knew, but sure, let's let's make sure we we get that straight. Um, J.R. Payne, the coach of the women's team, had the best record in uh, her time at Boulder, 16 and 14, uh, first winning season, and uh, the the uh, big win over number 11 Arizona 50 to 38 on senior day that was such a fun game and see and that's the kind of game where I'm happy that I got this email because I don't think I would have thought back to that game you know I I guess maybe next season before the women's basketball team starts playing I will probably like think back like oh yeah what was it like um key points there's that they were so close to so many top 10 upsets like they could have I mean legitimately beaten three or they could have three more top 10 wins and like we're not saying like oh yeah you know they were within five six points we're saying like a shot to win it or the other team made a shot that lost the game for the buffs like incredibly close that was such an exciting team and so young so young Jalen Sherrod is the next big thing in Boulder Um, you're already starting to see her more um, if you guys aren't paying attention to Jalen Sherrod, I highly recommend that you start paying attention to her now because, again, she is already a big deal um, in terms of this athletics department, in terms of like all the student-athletes around campus. She has potential to be like a, a really big deal um, going forward. You just don't see freshmen play the way she plays. It, just so in control running everything because she's a point guard you'll remember and under recruited and the reason I would guess is because she is a little bit undersized but so much fun um again just just like follow her on social media just follow the women's basketball team on social media too and again just just so her name's around there it's kind of like Taylor Korniak uh who who we spent some time with last year and wish we were watching the NWSL right now I mean she, she she was the number three overall pick in the NWSL draft. Jalen would have some work to do to be the number three overall pick in the WNBA draft. But still, when you have somebody in those shoes, when you have a Taylor Korniak, LaVisca Chenault, and Jalen Sherrod very much could be in that same conversation if she has another strong year, it's worth tuning in. It's worth following. And we'll be talking more about her and, and with her uh, as this uh, podcast goes forward. Um... The men's golf team defended its title in two fall tournaments. Um, that's uh, 17 major tournaments that CU's won under the head coach, Roy Edwards. Um, so he actually tied and passed the record for those. Um, the, the women's team was young. Um, yeah, let's move on to... Let's see, skiing. Let's move on to skiing. There we go. Um, So the ski team had gone through two of the four races at the national competitions, and uh, then the meet was canceled because, uh, obviously, the coronavirus. Uh, There was no winner named, um, but Buff Senior Michaela Tommy was named the National Alpine Skier of the Year. I think she'd prefer a national title, but there you go. That, <laughs> that's as close as you can get. Um, tennis team, eight and six. Lacrosse team, three and two. Those got canceled. 
Um, golf teams had seven regular tournaments canceled between them. Uh, spring football had, well, I mean, it didn't happen. So there you go. Lost 15 sessions. Uh, so yeah, there's, there's that quick part of the recap. Um, some more fun stuff. Uh, the, there are some pros, uh, um, pros not as in like good things, but as in student athletes who are now professional athletes, um, from the track team, you've got Joe Klecker, Danny Jones, and McKenna Morley. Uh, Danny Jones was the U S track and field, uh, coaches association, national women's track athlete of the year. They got a, they got to cut some words out of that award name. Just, just call it like whoever, whoever was a good track person, like back in the day. Um, and I couldn't tell you who is worthy. I mean, like, Jenny Simpson, uh, Jenny Berenger. Like it should just just call it like the Berenger Award. Don't call it the United States Track and Field and Cross Country Coaches Association National Women's Track Athlete of the Year because do you remember any of the words I just said? Probably not. Um, that's beside the point though. Um, moving quickly now, uh, Jalen Tompkins, uh, who you'll remember from the podcast, the keeper for the uh, Buffs last season. She's playing at Valaranga Football Damar in Oslo, Norway. Uh, Saren Kinsner, who I believe graduated the year before, is going to play for FTC Budapest in Hungary. Um, so there's a little update there. We're skipping academics, and it's not because academics aren't important. It's because uh, because we're not going to do it. Um, Sealberry retired, very important. Um, they actually just named her replacements yesterday, which is crazy. I mean, Sealberry, obviously great coach in the Colorado Athletic Hall of Fame. I, I got bored at one point this week, scootered on over the Broncos stadium just because it took a while <laughs> and, uh, I noticed her name out there and that was pretty cool. Um, not surprising obviously, cause I know it's there, but yeah, that's uh, cool. Um, she had a whole bunch of things. She coached, she retired in, uh, 2005. She spent 37 years in the athletics department in some form. And here's, here's something that if you don't realize how important Sealberry was to that athletics department, here are her replacements. Uh, Chris Livingston will assume overseeing the sports supervisors in addition to all aspects for student academic success, as well as CU's leadership and career development program. Jason DePep will be our new deputy AD. Uh, we're not running through that. Uh, Jill Keegan will assume the role of SWA. will continue as the associate athletic director for compliance. So boom, three people to replace her. That's a that's just such an easy way to see how impressive she was. Um, we don't need to talk about the pandemic, um, racial injustice. We've talked a lot about uh, the 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 march and KD being outspoken. And some of the other guys, too. Uh, two more things. Um, tickets for the football season. The, they essentially said only student or only season ticket holders are going to be able to make it in the games if anybody's allowed in the games. Um, they closed those season ticket sales earlier this week. Um, and uh, there's no, like, guarantee they say we anticipate that that'll be the case. So we'll, we'll see what exactly this looks like. And also I think it's important to note that they did say, we realize this isn't disappointing news for many, um, but it's necessary. Okay. 
Uh, one more thing. Oh no, actually there is a little more. Let's let's talk Ralphie. Ralphie six has been found. Uh, she's 14 months old. She is training with uh, Taylor Stratton, the new program manager who is replacing John Graves, who was there for five years. Um, she's been involved with the Ralphie program for a while now. Very qualified. I don't think I've met her, but uh, I don't know. Maybe we can talk to her sometime soon. Um, but yeah, they, they say they're training the new Ralphie and they're, <laughs> the phrase they say, training at a pace the 14-month-old Buffalo is comfortable with. So there you go. Take that for what you want. Um, Michael Westbrook going to the College Football Hall of Fame. Um, Bill McCartney's in there. Uh, also three buffs on the 2021 ballot. Eric Bieniemy, Chris Hudson, and Rashawn Salam. How is Rashawn Salam not in there? Bieniemy should be in there too. I don't know a lot about Chris Hudson, but given the other two names, I would say he definitely deserves to be in there. And I definitely am going to go read up uh, so that we can got pound the table here on this podcast for those three. But uh, yeah, Rashawn Salam needs to be in there. Um, cool. I think that that's all the big stuff. Name, image, likeness. Important to remember that that all happened this year. Also, a strategic plan for the next three years was released by uh, Rick George yesterday. That's kind of been what he's been doing is these three-year plans. This is his third three-year plan um, as the athletic director at CU. I haven't had a chance to dig into it because it is, I mean, pretty pretty thick. I'm kind of hoping that today on this plane I can get that downloaded and dig through it so that we can talk about it Um on Monday's podcast, but that's not a promise. That is not a promise. Um, we will be digging into that, seeing what's in there, see if anything stands out at some point, hopefully next week, um, and hopefully pretty early next week. Hopefully I'm able to find a time to read through that. Um, cool. I know that may not be like the most exciting segment, but it's good to just recap. And, uh, now's the time. So, uh, we're going to hit a few comments real quickly. And first, we're going to talk about Strava Craft Coffee. Strava Craft is CBD-infused coffee that is changing lives. Um, people who have anxiety, uh, IBS, back pain, whatever, they're all saying that it helped them with whatever is going on. It's really well done. You can get it so many different ways. You know, you can get K-cups, you can get uh, the whole beans, you can get the grounds, whatever, they have it. And they'll ship it straight to your door. You can get free shipping, actually, if you use the code DMVR20. That'll also get you 20% off your order. It's such a good deal. You might as well check it out. It's good coffee. It doesn't give you jitters. And there's no reason not to try it, really. Um, and if uh, you want to try it, but you don't have the internet or something, I don't know. Um, you can go to Carbon Cafe and Bar, Drip Denver, Slow High Coffee, Blue Sparrow Coffee, Max Market, um, all, all around town. So check it out or just go to the website, order it yourself, get it delivered to your door and save 20% with the code DMVR20. All right, a few comments to get back to. So 
for those of you who listened to the podcast with Justin Guerrero, I hope you enjoyed that. Seriously, Justin does a great job covering recruiting. He's on the phone with all those recruits. He's talking to coaches. He knows he knows what he's talking about, and uh, we're definitely going to have him back because he has really good information. And as crazy as it sounds, with a podcast that is like 45 minutes about a day of Buffs content, um, there still just isn't enough time to cover recruiting the way that he can cover recruiting. And so to have him come on every once in a while to say, here's what's going on, or here's what you need to know about this guy, really appreciate him. And again, if you're looking for recruiting information, CU Sports Nation is a great place to start. Okay. Um, that was my plug for Justin. Also, if you haven't listened, go back and listen because that's all good information. Basically what we just did for uh, the entire Buffs school year, Justin did with Buffs recruiting. And it took like an hour and a half probably, but it's all about like what they're doing with the quarterbacks, um, what recruits are saying about this coaching staff, uh, whether this coaching staff is doing a good job, like that kind of stuff. Um, and then here's a comment from B Mixer. Love B Mixer. He said, good interview. The thing that struck me was Olsen's comment on how Durrell had a plan to get better, but Tucker did not. Thought Tucker would have had a plan or been able to communicate it to recruits. Yeah, I think that that is interesting. And and it, I, honestly, guess what? I, I would say that kind of caught me off guard a little bit too because, you know, he he had a plan. But the plan was essentially to do what he's always done, to run the system that he's always run, and to recruit better players. <laughs> and and to be honest, that isn't as much of a plan, whereas Carl Durrell has a little bit more... Maybe, maybe just awareness of the situation. You know, both inheriting five and seven teams, and Carl Durrell having a little bit of a tougher position coming in, obviously, um, very obviously, but to, to understand that this is a rebuilding situation that, you know, you, you look at the timeline of this team and sure you have Nate Landman this year and Nate Landman's going to win the butt kiss award. And we'll talk about that more later, but, uh, for the most part, it's a young team. And especially when you look at the guys who you expect to be, major contributors the guys who you look at and say wow this this one has a real shot to go to the nfl a lot of those guys are pretty young and that's why he he can take this a little bit slower approach part of what mel tucker was probably thinking was hey we have steven montez we have lavisca chenault we can go win football games right now um, and it takes Steven playing at the top end of his very wide spectrum or, or even in the middle of his very wide spectrum, although that was kind of rare. And it took Visca just doing what Visca always does, um, except staying healthy, which, you know, at times he was. At, well, actually, he never really was. Uh, he was always banged up. And again, I know I've said this so many times, but I, I just keep thinking back to when he said, you know, I feel like I'm 99%. I feel like I'm almost back. And this was before the USC game. It's like, I feel like, yeah, we're, we're so close and I'm almost there. And it had been all season that he was battling, trying to get back after the off-season surgeries. And then he takes the hit and then boom. It's it just right back into that. And again, if he had just had a chance to get healthy, I think he could probably stay healthy. Um, 
but yeah, so Calderwell seems to be saying, hey, we don't have the pressure of a senior quarterback. We've got Brendan Lewis, and honestly, if we want to, we can redshirt Brendan Lewis and give him for the next four years instead of this year. And you look at the talent on this team, a lot of it's young, and, and so you build from there, and you implement systems from there. And, and you know, we've talked about how there just aren't really tight ends on the roster. That hasn't been a priority um, because of the way the team was run for a few years up until, I mean, last year they got a little bit heavier, and this year I think they want to get heavier, but again, can't do it if you don't have the personnel. Got to recruit the personnel. Got to wait for the personnel to be ready to see the field. And then you can plug it in. And so it might be that two-year, three-year process to get into what Carl Durrell really wants to be doing and what Darren Cheverini wants to be doing too. Um, and, and that could be it. But yeah, um, agree, B-Mixer. B-Mixer also said, and this is after we talked about the Larry Scott conversation, B-Mixer said, Pac-12 can do better than Larry for less. I think it was Wilner, the guy from the Oregonian, that put out a column a couple years back that said, while Larry was making $4 million, the Big Ten at SEC Commission were making less than $1 million. I wonder if they could do something like team up with Altitude and use those studios while having the offices someplace else. The SEC has their offices in some small town in Alabama, but does their television out of Charlotte. Pac-12 could put the office in Erie and broadcast out of Denver. As for football and... Oh, let's just pause there before he moves on. Honestly, not a bad idea. Um, especially like if you're adamant that you need a presence in downtown San Francisco, first of all, you're just a psycho. Like that is not worth it. That is not worth it. Especially when all of your money and your budget stuff is public knowledge. Like I could kind of get it. Like you're some startup and you're like, okay, we're going to put this in San Francisco because that's where we can like gain legitimacy. We'll be around the big dogs and we'll be able to say, yeah, our office is in downtown San Francisco. We get to see how bad of a financial decision that is when it's the Pac-12 and having those massive studios because studios take up a lot, a lot of space. Like when when we're talking about those massive rent numbers, I wouldn't be surprised if it's 80% or more for the Pac-12 networks. Moving those to Denver would make sense. Um, You know, as a recent journalism student who is looking into how to get into sports media, what the best, best path to like having success in this field long term with some like high end potential the, the 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 room or the place to go is denver because of the history of sports journalists coming through denver you know whether it's adam shafter you know woody page is a legend locally and nationally um ian rapaport uh i mean i mean just there there are so many guys who who've gone through here and there should be more women i shouldn't be able to just say guys um that's another topic for another day but moving things to denver would make a lot of sense and and altitude does a great job and i'm not just saying this because i i like them i'm saying this because they actually do and and there's like evidence you know the the, the la rams when they broadcast their preseason games, so obviously NFL games, regular season, postseason, those are all national broadcasts. The preseason games are all local broadcasts. So like here, I think, are they on nine news here? Um, in LA, the local TV stations or whatever local TV station is that broadcasts those games, they actually hire Altitude to put together the broadcast for them. And so, and like, they don't cut corners either. Because you'll remember, like, Mina Kimes was calling their preseason games last year. She was working the booth for them. 
that's a good get. <laughs> she's she's like now what on NFL Live, um, or she will be starting in August when they reboot that cast. But uh, yeah, she's so cool. Um, but she was doing that, and they had Altitude doing all the production, like all the camera work, all that kind of stuff. Um, because Altitude does such a great job, and not to get into this whole like feud between them and the cable networks because honestly i'm not in the room i don't know what's being said i don't know who's demanding what um but what i do know is that the reason that altitude is so good is because they they are they're they're paid well and they have the budget to put together some of the best local or i guess regional broadcasts in the entire country and like you can say what you want I, I i get that some people don't like their on-air talent but when you look at the actual just production it is all very very good compared to what you get for local sports teams in the rest of the country um and that's why they get hired to do that kind of stuff but um yeah moving to denver for the reasons i just outlined partnering with altitude all of that would make so much sense and that's such a good idea b mixer thank you this is why i like your guys's comments you have good ideas um he goes on to say as for football in spring i think it's doable start camp in december and start playing the second week of january be done with the season in the middle of april i know the nfl does not want to move anything but till they put up the money for a minor league system they need to work with the ncaa a little the nfl also used to have six game preseasons, so for one year if they have to move or change things up they could they could ramp up training camp slowly by oh and the reason for the six game preseason because that's uh like obviously that's two more weeks added to the like off season work they have to do so now they're working um two weeks less of off season work and that means you should be able to move the draft back two weeks just once right because you you have that extra time compared to what you used to have um like the logic um to, to do where did i leave that off they could ramp up training camp slowly by starting with the rookies and free agents for one week then bring in the vets and go slowly into training camp it can be done if people are willing to be realistic as far as players sitting out if i'm at a school that has a legit shot at national championship i'll be hard pressed to sit out because i might be drafted people will sit out and have in the past kelly bryant did at clemson a couple years ago and didn't a couple players do it last year, if i remember right we'll have to deal with it but it does not mean it will not be fun to watch yep I mean, those are good points, you know, starting camp in December would be tougher, um, but not, un, not, not doable. And, uh, you know, there, there have been like the university presidents and the commissioners and all those people saying we can't have student athletes, um, on campus playing sports if we don't have the regular campus population allowed on campus. And, you know, it could be that, I mean, some schools are going to be online only. You know, my sister goes to a school, I think, that's going to be online only. Um, and uh, they, 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 that could wind up being like 2% of schools, or that could wind up being like 80 to 90% of schools. And we just don't know. And if it winds up being a, a decently high number, um, then since you would be bringing people back onto campus for uh, technically the end of semester one to start that camp, that fall semester. Uh, conference president or conference uh, representatives and school presidents, 
they might be willing to just like walk back those statements and be like, hey, we, we <laughs> what we meant was we're not just going to keep them here this entire semester. If we need to bring them back a month early, we can do that. Um, and again, it might depend on the circumstances at the time and there might be some sort of rift or it might just be fine, but that would be one little concern there. But yeah, I mean, predicting what college kids are going to do, especially with high stakes, like do you want to compete for a national championship? Um, or do you want to stay healthy for the draft? I mean, college, college kids are erratic. Student athletes have some smart people in their ears. Typically, you know, at least within the program, you know, whether they're talking to it, whatever. Um, but the unpredictability of 20 for 22 year olds, needs to be factored into everything that we talk about with college sports. Um, but yeah, I mean, if the options are spring football or no football, then spring football all the way and you just make it work. But we'll, we'll see. We'll see what goes on. Some great thoughts from B mixer. Uh, one more comment from silver buff who says circling back to Eric Olson. I think fans are less excited than they should be simply because he's a tight end. Buffs fans haven't seen a tight end used much in the last decade. Yeah, which is crazy, and it's also part of the reason why the Buffs lose so many football games. And, like, I know that's kind of blunt, and I think that it's going to change and all of that, but you see it in the NFL. Like, the who are the two best tight ends in the league? George Kittle's number one, Travis Kelsey's number two, and I'm not willing to listen to arguments. Um, who are the two teams in the Super Bowl? Uh, you throw in guys like Kyle Yushik, like those are the pieces that make the modern offense possible. You know, Noah Fant breaking out last year and all that, like that is very much tied to the Broncos success. Uh, Rob Gronkowski. How often has Rob Gronkowski been playing in Super Bowls? Like, honestly, I know this is crazy to say, but you look through the best tight ends in the league. I mean, people saying like, oh, Mark Andrews deserves to be right up there in that conversation. I would disagree, but how good were the Ravens last year? Those versatile pieces. I mean, it's the same thing as, uh, you know, those hybrid players on defense, except that they're also kind of your outlet for your, your quarterback. You're, you're, you're able to dictate the game instead of react the way that you react um, with, with defensive players like that. And, the value of tight ends in modern football cannot be overstated. It just cannot. Like, quarterback's still the most important position on the field. But you can make a bad quarterback look a lot better if you give him a, a good route-running tight end who can just get open for three-yard gains and just be a safety outlet so that when you're thinking, huh, should I force this ball? Oh, wait. George Kittle's just open right there. Give the ball to him. See if he can make something happen. Honestly, honestly, Visca. Visca is very similar to that type of player because of the way he was used. Um, I, yeah. Uh, I agree with you, though, Silver Buff. I totally agree. And that's not something I'd really thought about. But, yeah, tight ends. I don't know. I Maybe I'm a tight end guy. I wonder if anybody's made a shirt that says that, like, tight end guy. I would wear that. Or, like, I don't know if I'd wear the hat. I'm, I'm probably going to search for a shirt that just says tight end guy. See what No, 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 no. I just realized what that looked like for non-football people. Damn it. Okay. Uh, that's going to do it for today. Uh, if you guys have any comments, uh, we will uh, get to those on Monday when we're back again. 
And uh, obviously appreciate you all for listening. And I hope you guys have a great weekend. Um, I'll see you later, I guess. I think they like my Colorado swag. Cause when I'm in it play, I don't really, I don't really know just how to act. And when I'm in it go, you know I'm acting bad. Holly get a bus with my Colorado swag. My Colorado swag. My Colorado swag. I think they like, I think they like my Colorado swag. My Colorado swag. My Colorado swag. Might not swear, I think they like my Colorado swag. My Colorado swag is pushing one. See you later, baby. baby. Colorado Army with soldiers like the Navy. Yeah. And voters where we stationed, patiently awaiting. When I hit the field, it's so hard to behave. Yeah. I'm Colorado swagging at the crowd, do the wave. Look into my eyes, I can tell that you afraid. Uh-huh. Cause you know we finna hit you. Hit you. Hit you. Hit you. Hey, hey. you on your own now. Why you watching the official? Yeah. You just better hope you make it to the next whistle. And we ain't playing with you, you can get it.